0: everyone and we're back to the Neil Haley show and I'm excited to welcome first my co-host Juan Aliman. He is from the 80s Hour podcast. He's my co-host for today and the guest we have today is going to get is you're really excited about because you're a huge fan Juan. So go ahead and introduce our guest. I
1: I am. I'm a a little bit taken aback. Uh, Good morning. Uh, My name is Juan Aliman. I, I am the host of the 80s Hour podcast and I am very happy to introduce to you Ms. Debbie Boone, how are you this morning, Debbie?
2: I am doing well, happy to be with you guys.
0: Absolutely, we're excited to be with you as well, Debbie. And I'm just gonna pass it right back to Juan, but I just wanted to say, you know, one question I would ask is, you know, there's different boons. are you related to Daniel Boone? Just wanted to know that. If you have well, a, a I have,
2: I've never seen an official, you know, a real official uh, family tree, but my dad has always said, as if it were fact, that uh daniel boone is his fourth great uncle and he seems to have some sort of verification for that but i have not seen it
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you uh, you have no relation to pat Boone, do you
2: pat boone
0: yeah oh yeah a big oh. relation <laughs> i'm oh, one I of his that...
2: four daughters
0: oh my gosh <laughs> see this is how much i know about those things i've had pat on my show by the way oh he's a phenomenal guy great guy okay so i just want. all right so we'll just jump right back to Juan uh with the first question
1: Great. Yes. Uh hi, Debbie. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. I've got to tell you, when I was a youngster, um I had one of the first, because I'm a little bit older too. I had an eight-track of You Light Up My Life. <laughs> I had um I had the entire album. It was on eight track, and I would listen to you over and over. I'm just uh taken aback just to be talking to you. So thank you so much for that.
2: Oh, like I say, I'm very happy to, uh, to be able to talk to you.
1: Yes. And you started out in the business very young. Um, you and, and your family, you started touring with your family around the age of 14. Is that right?
2: That's correct.
1: Okay. And um, here you are, you're twenty one. You get the song, you light up my life. It becomes a hit. I mean, just a mega hit. What were you thinking at that time, at that age, um, with all that coming to you like that?
2: Well, it was uh, kind of uh, otherworldly when it took off. It did. It did not seem real. It seemed like I was in a dream, and you know that I would certainly wake up, and it would have been fun while I was imagining it. <laughs> but it just kept coming, um, you know. And as it was climbing the charts, and then staying number one for one week, then two weeks, then three weeks, and all the way up to 10 weeks, breaking every record up to that point. It was like it was happening to somebody else. This could not be happening to me. Um, and, you know, it launched my career. I had the only experience I had was being one of four girls on a stage, you know, as a family act. And then suddenly I had a solo career. Um, and wow. it, it was uh, life altering, to say the least.
1: Now, between '77 and like '89, you were constantly releasing music, everything from like um, like pop to to country to contemporary Christian, which I found to be very interesting. Um, I grew up in Texas, and uh, I, and I was part of a youth group, and we listened to a lot of contemporary Christian music. Some of the artists I listened to in the '80s were like Petra. Uh, David Meese, uh, Michael W. Smith, um, sure. Cam- Carmen, Russ yeah. Um What led you down that path uh, coming from like you light up my life to say, I'm going to do contemporary Christian?
2: Well, I think I was probably raised much like you in youth groups and in a Christian home. And it was always a very... Um, Kind of central part of my life. Uh, I never intended to become a contemporary Christian music artist as a a career, but since music was uh, the way that I expressed myself, uh, I wanted, especially because my dad had formed a, a, a contemporary Christian record label called Lamb and Lion. So it was the perfect opportunity for me to sing about my faith. And then uh, it just the timing of it was when, you know, that kind of music was really finding its place. Uh, you know, it, it, it really had a a very broad audience. And so nobody, w- again, was more surprised than I was that my Christian music also had a big following. And I won a couple of Grammys yes. in that in that field. Um, but then it sort of labeled me, um, you know, and I had never really intended to make a big pivot um, from, uh, from pop music to Christian music. Um, but even now, if you go on any of the streaming services and get any of my music that isn't even you know, of that uh, theme, it mm-hmm. says Christian music <laughs> or Christian <laughs> artists. <laughs> yes.
0: Even, even in the Wikipedia, it does. So that's yeah. where the, the, the surprise comes, you know, in different genres of music. It cracks me up when I'm driving on the road and listening to different songs saying, oh, I know that song. Now, yeah. when you talk about the one that topped the charts, I think everyone who's anyone, regardless of what kind of music they've listened to, has heard that song. Would you agree? Has it been played in any movies too? Do you have any idea all those different places that that, that your song has been played?
2: Uh, I don't really know if it has been in the background of other movies. I know that uh, Lily Tomlin had a uh, really successful one-woman show and it, uh, it, it, it was featured in her show um, and it certainly has gotten airplay over the years. And I think um, in Billboard... It, it was number seven uh, over, a, uh, I don't know, like the top 50 in 100 years or something like that.
1: <laughs> wow. I do know there was an 80s, what, it was a TV movie with Didi Khan called You Light Up My Life.
2: Oh, yeah. That's where it came from. Mm-hmm. And that it, it, uh, it was already in the movie, um, not with my voice on it. Um, and they, oh. they brought the song to me. To re record to the exact same track uh, that was on the film. And, and uh, I had the single release at the same time that the movie was released.
1: Now, one thing I do find super impressive is that you got married September 1st, 1979. You're still married to the same gentleman. You have four children. How do you keep that going? Um, so many years of happiness. Congratulations on that.
2: Thank you so much. Um, you know, I I was very fortunate to find a really great guy at, at my very young age. Uh, we got married when I was 24 years old um, and he's got a very even temper and um, he was a great dad to, to our kids. And we share a faith and we laugh a lot. And, you know, it's not to say that we haven't had some, you know, bumpy times. I think every marriage does, but both of us had a very strong commitment to our marriage and to each other. And uh, we worked through those things. So um, here 42 years later, um, you know, we share all of these memories and we have our, our kids and their spouses and our grandkids over to our home every Sunday for Sunday dinner. And it's just a, a really beautiful thing. And I feel really, really uh, blessed that I get to enjoy this. Wow,
1: that's tremendous.
0: great. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. And I think that the importance of family, what would you say to our audience right now, the importance of family to you?
2: Well, you know, I, I cannot imagine, I, especially, you know, in the kind of tumultuous times that we are living in now, I cannot imagine not having my family to, uh, support me and me support them and to go through things together. And, um, you know, I come from a very strong family. Uh, you know, we were raised, um, you know, with family being a very, you know, a top priority and, uh, we did the same kinds of things. I mean, we were church going family. We were, uh, kids that got on our knees and prayed at night before we went to bed. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very close to my extended family, my sisters and I Zoom every Friday uh, to stay connected. That's one of the great things that came, you know, uh, out of uh, something that seemed unimaginably horrific, like this pandemic has been. Um, and, you know, up comes Zoom and, And I'm able to see my sisters, two of uh, whom live out of the state. And we're together once a week now.
1: Wow. Um, Now, later on, uh, after music and well, you still do music and you have a swing time. I think that was released uh, a few years ago or is it recent?
2: Well, it, it's called Swing This, and it was released. Yes. It was released several years back, but never got good distribution. And I'm still out there doing um, my live show of Swing This. And Time Life um, graciously decided to pick it up and redistribute to all the streaming platforms, so that people can actually hear it this time. <laughs> um, and the music is timeless. That's why I have no kind of um, awkwardness in in saying, you know, we made the record several years back, but now it's being re-released because it's, uh, I had this idea because I, I, uh, my dad was in Las Vegas um, back in the 60s in that kind of classic golden age of Las Vegas. And as a family, we'd visit him once a year when he played there. And I, that's where I really had my kind of awakening to who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Uh, was because of the kind of music that i was hearing coming out of the showrooms and the lounges of las vegas and i wanted this uh, record to reflect that fabulous music the american songbook but with exciting horn-driven arrangements um, and uh, so i created that record but just didn't get great distribution so i'm thrilled that it is now available and i'm doing shows this
0: year of that very music Okay. You talk about working with Time Life. It's got, It's it's amazing what they're doing, right? With digitally remastering everything and then having the availability for people to listen and stream your music anytime, and it's a great it, option.
2: It really is great, and I've you know I've done commercials for them before, and I have nothing but good things to say about them. And I'm just grateful to have this opportunity now and and a lot of my you know fans who didn't get to hear it first time around and who has a cd player anymore (laughs) so so it's great that you know you can just go to one of those streaming platforms and hear one song or hear the whole album and i've gotten lots of great feedback since it was released again
1: (laughs) you did a lot of acting stage and television Um, what uh, of those two, do you like better? What? What? Um, I mean, what kind of drives you when when you pick a project like um, like Greece or Seven Brides for Seven Brothers or?
2: <laughs> well, um, you know, all of those things when they come your way, you you. For me, um, I think, oh my gosh, I've never done anything like this before. Can I do it? And there's something sort of scary but exciting about, uh, you know, taking a leap of faith. Um, And Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was the very first stage thing I ever did. And I had no idea if I was capable of it or not. And it turned out to be one of the great joys of my career and life really was working with a Company of talented singers and dancers and telling a story eight shows a week traveling around the road. Uh, One of my best friends in the whole world. I met doing seven brides for seven brothers um, and he's like an uncle to my kids. Uh, To this day, Uh, we adore him. And um, so, Seven Brides brought me that. Greece was completely an off the wall choice. But again, you know, I was 40 years old and back in high school. I mean, who gets a chance to do that? (laughs) (laughs) And it was, I was playing Rizzo, which was completely against type. Uh, um, And it was a challenge and great fun. Um, I love the opportunities that I have gotten to act, but I have to say that live uh, musical stage performance um, would be a great love for me of, of all of it because of the collaboration of working in a company. There's just nothing more fun. It
0: yeah. seems like, it seems like it for sure, and it's something that uh, drives you that you have mul- you're multifaceted. Uh, and that's, that, that doesn't make things dull for you, right? You can do multiple Exactly,
2: uh, exactly. Yeah, I've had a, a very rich and, uh, you know, a variety of opportunities in my career that have just made it never a dull moment.
1: <laughs> now, I did uh, notice that you have written several books. Uh, what, in, what inspires the books that you write?
2: Well, the first book um, that I wrote, I was, you know, it was in the peak of my fame in the seventies and I was approached by several different publishing companies to write an autobiography. And it just seemed like my, what a ridiculous thing to do, you know, at 24, 25 years old. Um, but there was uh, an audience for it and, uh, you know, the publisher said, people want to know what brought you to this point in your life. Um, And so I entitled it Debbie Boone so far. Uh, And I'm glad I entitled it that because I am certainly not the Debbie Boone that wrote that book. Um, That was who I was at that time in my life. And thank God, I've grown up a lot and I see things differently. And so I look back and, and there's a like anybody, if you look back at an old hairstyle and you go, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, so I look back at that book and I, you know, you think, you know, a lot at 24 and 25 years old. Um, and uh, the older I have gotten, the less I know. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's out there. It was honest an honest expression of who I was then um, And then the real joy for me was writing children's books, which I still love because they were directly out of my experience of raising my own kids. And uh, I hope that my husband and I can get it together to put some more children's books out there from a grandparent perspective, because that's where I live right now. And uh, it would be a great and fun expression of what we get to enjoy in our lives as grandparents with our grandkids Um, so I like writing from right where I'm at Um, and uh, that's where all my books have come from and I hope that like I say I hope I get uh, to do some now for the grandkids that I am thoroughly enjoying in my life currently
1: that's great to hear now also um, in visiting with your sisters do you also still visit with your dad a lot
2: I do. I am fortunate enough of the four of us girls to live close to him. He lives uh, about 20 minutes if there's not traffic, uh, more more like 30 most of the time away, but that's not too far. Um, I have one sister who lives in Orange County and it's an hour and a half to get to his house and two sisters that are out of state. So I probably see him more than any of my sister's. Uh, get to and that's that's great because you know my mom passed away three years ago and he's uh, they are doing great and staying busy but um, I you know it's great to be able to go over and give him a hug and make sure he's doing okay.
1: Oh, That's beautiful. That, that's a great thing to have still in your life.
2: It is. It is. I I realize how fortunate I am. A lot of people don't have any of their parents still and. And, uh, it's a source of, uh, lament for them, but I'm, I'm, you know, I've ha- had both of my parents around into my sixties, which is incredible.
0: Just amazing. Now, what do you think, uh, you know, in your career, that is the next thing you want to accomplish? Is there something that you have next on your, 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 uh, goals as your, as a, an, as a uh, performer?
2: Well, um, I am working on a new show we're putting together, uh, for, you know, just live stage performance. Uh, and I, you know, that's, that always seems to be, you know, you're working on the next thing. Um, I would love to do more recording. I love being in the studio. I would love the opportunity to do more theater. As I've said to you guys that I just, uh, find that to be, uh, just the most joyful, uh, Thing in the world to travel around, or even just you know, you know, from my mouth to God's ears. I'd love to be in, in on Broadway again.
1: <laughs>
2: oh wow, uh, that would be great. Um, and again, I'd love to get busy and on a new children's book, um, and you know, any kind of acting is is always you know I'm always looking and auditioning, and you know, trying to keep the ball rolling in all of those different areas.
0: Where do you think music is going next? Uh, for especially looking at today's music versus how older music is coming back as very popular. What is your take on all that? Like seeing this popularity of older music and different genres really doing better than new music?
2: Well, you know, I, I think that because we live in this digital age now and and all kinds of music have become so easily accessible and able to find their audience you know it used to be sort of whatever was on top 40 radio was sort of what was happening in music Um, but that isn't the case you know it has expanded over the decades that i've been involved in music so that everyone can find the kind of music that they love Um, and and so it's sort of like things have just exploded and there are opportunities for any kind of music um, that you you know love to make, uh, so um, you know it, it it took a while for people to to kind of get used to this explosion and new ways of creating things and not necessarily needing a record company and their money, you know, to to get your music out there. Um, so it, you know it's a it's a wild wild west uh, right now. Um, and for me, it's great because, you know, you never really had much opportunity as you aged in this industry. Um, but, but now there's, there's opportunities for kids who are recording from their phones <laughs> in their own right. rooms at home, um, you know, to people like me, who, you know, a, a grandmother who still has the opportunity to have her music heard and distributed out there digitally Um, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that people still want to hear what it is that I'm doing.
1: That's great. Now I did notice that you have Debbie where they can purchase swing this on iTunes. Uh, you have your Twitter, uh, there, Mm -hmm. other media, Instagram. Is there anywhere else that anyone can go to find you?
2: Um, you know, the regular social media platforms, but, um, any of the, you know, major streaming platforms, uh, now can, uh, hear this new, you know, record because of time life. Um, and, uh, a lot of my stuff is, is out there on all the streaming platforms. So, uh, it, it's not, it's not really hard to find it. Uh, and that's what I'm so grateful for <laughs> these days is that anybody who has a, a phone or a computer, you know, can, can find me out there now. Um, but yeah, my, the, the The website is there to let people know where I'm uh, performing and how to get my music, although I think I need to work on my links <laughs> a little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate you coming by, and uh, it was a great conversation, and there's definitely lots of stories to tell, so we'll have to bring you back on again, especially when you have new projects to promote, and everyone needs to remind uh, check out Time Life, especially for giving uh, this opportunity to get your music out there to more platforms and stuff. So we appreciate you coming by.
2: Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. All right. You're listening to the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Deborah Matthew. Uh, Dr. Deborah, thanks for stopping by. How are
1: you?
0: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. So let's learn a little bit about your background, how many years you've been doing this, and a little bit about yourself. I know you've been on a lot of great shows, TV, radio. So tell us about you. Yeah, I got a message that I really want to share. So um, I
3: was exhausted all the time. I was freezing, even in the summer in North Carolina, I was shrieking at my kids all the time, I had no patience, and I felt like the worst mom, I felt so guilty for always flying off the handle, and I didn't understand what was wrong with me, because I am a medical doctor, but I knew that something wasn't right with how I was feeling and honestly, nothing that they taught me in medical school helped me understand what was going on with me. And my poor husband had to put up with me. He didn't really know what was going on with me either, but he actually came across a book that he thought I ought to read. And this book was written by Suzanne Summers. And you know,
0: I have Suzanne on my show. So
3: do you? Yeah. But you know, as a doctor, I don't want to get my medical information from celebrities, so I didn't really want to read that book. <laughs> but you know, when I I knew that I had to do something, I knew that something was wrong. And when I read the book, it completely changed my whole life because I read about all these stories about women who felt just like me. They knew something was wrong. And then I read about how much better they felt when they got their hormones back in balance. And it opened my mind and suddenly how I was feeling made total sense. And it really allowed me to see that there's another way that we can help people besides just always prescribing prescription medicines. And so I completely retired from my old job. So this is 15 years ago now. And for the last 15 years, I've worked with thousands of men and women to help them get their hormones back in balance so they can have energy. And, you know, I got my energy back my kids got their mom back, my husband got his wife back, and I got my life back.
0: Interesting you talk about that. And so before I, you know, you, I got some great series of questions I could ask, but now as the, you know, I've done over 7,000 plus interviews and now I'm just, you're going to take me down the road the way I want it to be taken down the road now with that great explanation. I think that the problem that's happening is we think big pharma and different things are going to cure us. And I have certain situations where I've decrease my swelling, just taking oregano, I have, you know, just cut back and eat more healthy stuff and stop drinking soda, stop doing different things. And I look and I'm 49. I my body looks like I'm in my 30s. And that was that simple of changes that were made. So take me down the road of what you see as I guess, the things when we have a hormone imbalance, what do we see?
3: Yeah. So The problem is that a lot of times things are subtle, so we can feel tired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, there's a pattern that we see a lot in fatigue, which is that it gets hard to get out of bed in the morning. Like the alarm goes off and you press snooze maybe a couple of times, and you kind of drag yourself out of bed to the coffee pot, because caffeine actually gives you a little boost of cortisol, which is one of the hormones that gives you a little bit of energy. And then a lot of times we're okay for, you know, once we get going, And then we get that slump in the afternoon, you know, two, three, four o'clock. You need more caffeine or sugar or something to get you through till supper time. And then generally people start to feel maybe a little bit better around supper. But early in the evening, 7.30, 8 o'clock, you know, when it's kind of earlier than you would normally go to bed, you're nodding off in front of the television set, you know, running out of steam. But if you stay up late enough, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, then a lot of people get a second wind. Now their brain is wide awake and they can't fall asleep. And then that darn alarm clock comes just too soon. So this pattern of, um, of energy over the day is so common. A lot of people will really be able to relate to that. And it's almost become normal to us. It's normal to press snooze a few times and to need caffeine in the morning and maybe even to take a sleeping pill in the afternoon. We're used to it, but it actually isn't normal to feel that way. So fatigue is a really common one. Okay. And your, your doctor doesn't have a pill for that, right? There's no pill no. that's gonna all of a sudden give you a bunch of energy. So no. that's one. Another one um, is, is mood. So anxiety, depression, I mean, irritability, it's a really common problem. We do have pills that we hand out very frequently for these issues. But depending on the circumstances, sometimes it can be a hormone problem. So maybe if it's okay with you, can I just give a couple of scenarios for where this may be true? So for me, I was the irritable one. I was shrieking at my kids, but I was also waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks for no reason. Like if you're, if you have something really to be anxious about, maybe it's okay to feel anxious, but there was nothing going on. And what was happening to me at that time, I was in my late thirties. It's my 54th birthday today, but I was in my late thirties at that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, When when women get over the age of 35, one of the hormones that changes for them is called progesterone. And that's a calming hormone. So it's actually not unusual for women in their 30s and their 40s to start to have anxiety to feel more irritable. Um, And this can be a shift in progesterone, it doesn't necessarily need to be like a, a, a Xanax deficiency. And for women once they get even maybe into their 50s that's when we really start going into menopause and that's when estrogen drops and estrogen is a natural antidepressant for women and so we can just feel just more flat sort of lose some of that joy and testosterone is a really important hormone for women and for men and for women and for men it's a mood stabilizer it gives us motivation and drive and get up and go and so when testosterone levels go down a lot of times people just feel kind of flat they lose motivation you know they put one foot in front of the other make their way through their day and whatever really has to happen today so you'll make it happen but if it doesn't really have to happen today you know you just kind of let it go because you're not really feeling it and if you were to go to your doctor and you were to say, oh, I don't have any motivation, or I'm tired, or I'm snapping at my family, right. you're going to get a prescription probably for Prozac or something like yes. that. Because that's what we're trained to do at medical really. school, you got a problem, we got a pill. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the pill's not treating the right problem. If, if you're a man, and your testosterone level is low, you can have depression, you can have anxiety, you can have moodiness, poor concentration. But if we try to treat you with prescription antidepressants, they're not treating the right problem. And no. so you're not really going to get all the results that you're looking for.
0: Which is natural supplements can do for you that are natural, not GNC, but natural at the natural food stores and stuff that or having the right foods in our body. When you're talking about testosterone, uh, jumping back into the whole situation, is those are the things that you see. And then when you're talking about the latter, the stuff that really leads to, Hey, Get on prozac get on some sort of depressive medication you're not treating the problem so what should we do to treat the problem
3: yeah well there's so much that we can do to take charge of our own health so here's really the message that i would love to get out to everybody is your doctor doesn't have a pill that's going to fix you they've got pills that can do damage control but you have so much power to take charge of your own health and you can feel better so there, one of the things that makes a really big difference if you, that you've kind of already alluded to is what kind of fuel we put in our body, what we eat. So if we're eating a diet that has a lot of sugar, a lot of processed foods, really a lot of starchy carbohydrates, you know, all the stuff, right? All the, the French fries and the potato chips and the candy bars and et cetera. That's not giving our body the fuel that it needs in order to be able to make hormones and all of that sugar and processed food really drives inflammation and inflammation drives your hormones right out of whack so I hear women all the time coming in and saying things like you know I have these night sweats I have these hot flashes and. What we do in my office is we measure hormone levels, but while we're waiting for the hormone test results to come back, we try to talk to them about cutting back on the sugar, cutting back on the alcohol, cutting back on the processed foods. And a lot of times, by the time they come back to get the hormone test results, the hot flashes, the night sweats, they're already a lot better. So avoiding the foods that make things worse eating more of the foods that make things better. And I have a couple of like honorary mentions of foods to try to get into your diet to help with hormone health. So one of them is cruciferous vegetables. This means things like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale. These are vegetables that have a nutrient in them that actually helps your body process estrogen in a healthier way. And you know, men have estrogen in their body too. It's just the balance of estrogen and and testosterone that makes the difference between men and women. But these vegetables help us to process estrogen in a healthier way to have better hormone balance. So if you can try for one serving a day of something in this cruciferous vegetable category, that goes a long way. The second one to try to get into your diet is healthy fats. So this would be things like extra virgin olive oil, nuts, avocados. These healthy fats are the the ingredient that our body needs in order to be able to make hormones.
0: Wow. Okay. So you're definitely, and the problem is it's it's work. You got to really figure it out and put the time into it and be disciplined. Yeah, but but if you did, if you did one thing, well, avoid sugar, that's a good thing. But if
3: you did one thing of adding, it would be just to have an oil change. So instead of the seed oils at the grocery store, the canola, the safflower oil, the, you know, the corn oil that are all on that whole shelf at the grocery store. If you buy the specialty oils, a lot of time it's like on the opposite shelf. Um, they're in smaller bottles, but that's where you find the extra virgin olive oil or the organic avocado oil. They cost more, but that is a really helpful, simple change to make. So it's just a matter of purchasing the different bottle at the grocery store. Easy peasy.
0: Yes, simple. So that's that's the simple step. And yeah. other ways of doing it, so the food. Yeah. So, of- food. so another really big one
3: is finding healthy ways to cope with stress. We are all stressed, right? We got this pandemic, like life is crazy right now. And when we're stressed, our body makes more cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And that's good because cortisol helps us cope with stress in the short term. What's not good is when we have stress day in and day out, our cortisol stays elevated. And cortisol makes us gain belly fat and it can interrupt your sleep. It's like long acting adrenaline. So we don't feel good. And cortisol knocks all of our other hormones at a kilter. Right. So we need healthy ways of coping with stress in order to protect us from the harmful effects of too much cortisol. So breathing exercises or going for a walk or, meditation, journaling. So these are all things that aren't really surprising to people, right? We all know that stress isn't good for us. And it would be better to have healthy ways of coping with stress. But the things that we can do to help cope with stress, somehow, they're just not so popular in our broad no. society, you know, no. and if you were going to sit on a park bench, and you know, do some ohms, you know, some breathing exercises, the people walking past you kind of kind of look at you funny, because it's just not if you were walking they would all think oh look at that person walking but yeah. but somehow these other things aren't as common so they're super important and there's a couple that are really easy like meditation is actually hard do you meditate have you ever tried meditation yes. yeah I i'm meditating yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i really like meditating too but i remember what it was like when i first started and it was really hard i sat there i'm trying to turn off my mind and all my mind is doing is right. it's going all over the place and i'm thinking oh my gosh i can't stand this It's like running. You can't just get up and run 10 miles. You got to do baby steps. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that anybody can do that doesn't take any practice is feeling grateful. So when we're really stressed out, if we can stop and think of three things that we're grateful for, it really Mm -hmm. actually shifts the chemistry in our body because your body can't feel fearful and angry and worried and grateful at the same time so you can write things down in a gratitude journal you can just think them you know in your mind but actually gratitude is a really powerful way to help you de-stress in the moment
0: wow that's really great information you're giving us today for sure and all these things and you have this in a book too right for people that could check out your book
3: I do. I wrote a book for women, especially because we our hormones sometimes get really out of kilter, and sometimes it's hard to know. You know, if if we have menstrual problems, if we're having hot flashes, we can kind of clue in that that might be hormonal. But some of these other things, we don't know. So the book is called "This Is Not Normal: A Busy Woman's Guide to Symptoms of Hormone Imbalance." And it has lots of quizzes and checklists so that you can go in and kind of look at what are the symptoms of hormone issues to sort of figure out could it be a thyroid problem? Is it a cortisol problem? What might be the issue? And also to help you to understand how to talk to your doctor about it, what questions to ask, some tips on the natural things that you can be doing in order to get your hormones back into balance again. And you can actually find a free copy of the book at isityourhormones.com.
0: Excellent, excellent. People definitely need to check that out and uh, you' also your website. Is that the same place? website signaturewellness.org. Excellent. Well I appreciate it Dr. Deborah. great information. and I think the, the women need to delve into the book more because again a lot of these types of symptoms they deal with and they got to see but all these are great advice for all women and, and anyone to have those high nutrient dense foods to eat and avoid the sugars, which is not the easiest thing in the world and not be as stressed. But if you do practice all these things, you're going to feel younger, healthier, and more uh, helpful around everyone else around you. So I appreciate you coming by. Oh, thank you. I believe living well is the best medicine. Exactly. All right. That, this is, uh, you're watching and listening to the Neil Haley show. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley show. And I had this guest on, I think about four years ago, we were talking education. Now she's going to educate me about some really important things. And that involves prosperity. And I didn't think when I met her, the the types of stuff, so I got to learn more and more about her, her expertise level in so many different areas, especially meditation. So I'm excited to welcome the program author, Dr. Susan Shamsky. How are you, Dr. Susan? Thanks for stopping by.
4: I'm great. Thanks for inviting me, Neil.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk today about prosperity meditations, because I think that, you know, the word prosperity is important looking at 2022, especially what we've been dealing with with COVID and stuff. We have to have some hope, right? We have to have some belief system that we can be in control or kind of in control if we truly believe, right?
4: Absolutely. Attitude is everything. Intention is everything. In the very first verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, which is the most important Buddhist scripture, Buddha said, all that we are is the result of what we have thought, which I think it really is a stunning statement. All that we are is the result of what we have thought. And he goes on in that same verse to say, if a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or, and acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So he's talking about not only our thoughts, but also our words, what we say, and what we do, our deeds. So he is saying in this verse that we're creating our own destiny moment by moment, day by day, through every thought, every word, and every deed. And in fact, Jesus said something very similar. He said, we are not defiled by what we put into our mouths. We are defiled by, by what comes out of our mouths. So they're both saying, yes, we create our destiny, especially through thoughts, words, and deeds.
0: Why do so many people miss this, uh, Dr. Susan? Why do the people miss this and they just you know, don't believe that this is, this is possible?
4: Yeah, the thing is, people don't believe it because they don't want to take responsibility for the fact that they've created their, the mess that they're in or the non-mess or whatever they've created. Uh, they want to blame someone else for that. And, you know, so it's kind of not really owning up to our own power. The good news is that because we've created it ourselves, that means that we have the power to change it if we so choose.
0: And it's a perfect timing and think about change is because everybody's reinventing themselves or different things, especially when they think they're in a specific area. But if you're not happy with your life, you're not happy about where you're going. You have to make those changes, Dr. Susan, and to start. And if you're not happy financially, and especially in this book, you have to can really have a blueprint to really follow right in this, especially with the meditations that are available in the book.
4: Right. It's important for us to start somewhere. You know, we can't just wallow around in desperation that uh, overcomes us. We have to start somewhere. So this book, Prosperity Meditations, is a great way to start because it helps us to change our destiny. And uh, any method that you use that's in the book does produce instant results. When I say instant results. What I mean to say is that it changes our mood immediately. And when we have a different mood, when we are in a different mindset, that immediately changes our life on every level.
0: And see, that's such a great point. Our mind, when we feel down, when we feel upset, we're attracting it to continue. And if we have this vicious cycle of every day doing that, We're going to have the same result every day. That's not the result we want. And so by using your meditations and going through this practice, you can change your outlook at that specific moment that could transform you very quickly. Right?
4: Absolutely. So in this book, prosperity meditations, there are several different methods. Uh, One is guided meditation and guided meditation, I think, is really the easiest way to meditate because all you have to do is follow the instructions. I call it the "do nothing" program. You do nothing, nothing, and less than nothing, and you less you do, the better, better result you'll get. So, with guided meditation, you just follow step by step whatever it is you're reading in the book. Uh, but even I think it would be even better is to record the guided meditation onto your device and then sit really comfortably in a chair and get you know really, really comfortable and then start the playback, close your eyes and then your own voice will guide you into the guided meditation and it's very powerful. So there are many guided meditations in, in this book, prosperity meditations, also affirmations. There are affirmations, affirmative statements, positive statements. And when we say the positive statements, we get, like I said, instant results. They're very, very powerful. And also there are mantras in the book. Mantras meaning Sanskrit words that have specific results that can help us to increase our prosperity. Uh, This book is not just about financial prosperity and abundance. The subtitle is Everyday Practices to Create an Abundant Life. So in the book, there are several different sections. Uh, One is unlimited thinking. Two is unlimited good. The next unlimited health, then unlimited love and unlimited planet. So in all these different areas of life, we want to. Be able to be unlimited, to have an unlimited life.
0: Exactly. And so you're right. So some people say money is important, but also your health is very, very important because without health, you're not going to have wealth. And if you're not, and also if you're not happy, it doesn't matter about health and, and wealth because you're just not going to be happy. So your body's not going to feel it and you're just not, it's just not going to be good. So it's important to have a balance. It sounds like in all those areas. So that's why utilizing your book in this way through meditation, guided meditation and different affirmations and stuff will help you in multiple ways not just with your wealth but other things as well
4: absolutely yeah all areas of life uh, we want to cover and also in the book there are specific exercises i'm not talking about physical exercises but just different uh, little tasks that you can do to help you to focus your attention on your goals on your targets on what you want to achieve because i've always believed that the easiest way to make anything happen is to make a final firm decision with absolute resolve and absolute determination, and then just go out and make it happen. That's what I've always done in my life. And I've accomplished so many goals in my life as a result of just that attitude, the attitude of, yes, I can do it. And I'm just going to go out and get it done. (laughs)
0: Exactly. When you say you you have those doubts in your mind, you're missing out in so much in life, right? When you have a plan, you have an action, and then you that back in your mind, should I try this or I'm a little no, just go ahead and do it. It sounds like, and that's what you've done in your life,
4: right? I mean, rather than w- wobbling back and forth, uh, if it's really something that's your true heart's desire then absolutely go for it but it's very important that we realize what our true desires are because otherwise if we make a laundry list of things that we want to goals that we want to achieve and then we achieve those goals <laughs> and those the achievement does not produce happiness then you know we weren't meant to <laughs> to have that goal achieved in the first place so What we need to do first and foremost before making any decision is to find out what is highest wisdom for us to do in the first place. So that's why intuition is also very important in that it's really necessary for us to be in contact and connect with our own higher self, with our true divine nature, our true nature of being, which can guide us and tell us what is highest wisdom and highest good for us.
0: See, that's interesting that you talk about knowing what's best for you to make you happy. How do you define that? What do you do? And I guess through meditation is really the whole theme of this interview is, you know, we're talking about prosperity meditation, but we're talking meditation because that's something a lot of people have difficulty with, Dr. Susan. They can't say, I'm going to take 30 minutes away or I'm gonna manifest for like 10 minutes, or I'm gonna meditate for an X amount of time. No, my day's too busy, I just can't do it, no, no, no. And then that's what you're missing out from. So specifically, you're not gonna know what's gonna make you happy until you spend that time in meditation to figure it out, is that correct?
4: Uh, Yes, and um, I recommend obviously guided meditation because it's the easiest meditation to practice. And also most people when they meditate, They just sit down, they're very passive, they go into this quietude, they go into a state of peacefulness and then they come back out of meditation and go about their day and that's it. But in fact, what I recommend is when you are in that deep state of meditation, that's the time to do something that people don't usually do when they're in meditation. And that is to ask, ask a question, ask for guidance, ask for inspiration, Ask for a specific goal that you want to achieve, ask for inner peace, whatever it is you wish to have, ask for it and ask specifically. You might even ask about a specific problem, like you might, you might call upon your higher self and say, please tell me what is highest wisdom for me to do in this conflict that I'm having with my boss. And then you take another big, deep breath, take a big, deep breath, and then you do what I call the do nothing program. That means do nothing, nothing, and less than nothing. And then the answer will occur to you. It will either come as a vision, or some words, or a feeling like a gut feeling. So those are the three main ways that we receive messages from our higher self. And when you start that dialogue, then you start a conversation that will truly enhance your life in so many miraculous ways, because you're being led by, shall we say, the best part of yourself, your higher self, or you could even call upon divine beings, deities, angels, archangels, and dialogue with them and receive inspiration, healing, wisdom, whatever it is you wish to receive. So it's a fantastic experience to be in touch with your higher self, and to listen to the still small voice, and indeed to be led by spirit in your everyday life, Uh, this is the most fulfilling way uh, to achieve your goals, to live a very rich and full and abundant life.
0: When we talk about intuition, how do you become very intuitive? Especially because a lot of times we think that we talk ourselves out of things, right? We, t- we use that, the, our subconscious at times tells us things that maybe we should have tried, right? And we were told not to. How do you know when your intuition is right?
4: Yeah. So that's a very important point that you're bringing up because intuition takes practice. Intuition is a learnable, teachable skill. It's just like playing the piano, for example. When you want to play the piano, you have to practice. It doesn't sound very good. You make a lot of mistakes. No one wants to hear it. And then later you get much better at it. And then everyone wants to listen to you. So similar with intuition at first, it's a little bit, you take some baby steps and, you know, it's a, you're a little shaky and you're not sure. And also you make mistakes, you know, the important thing is don't be afraid to make mistakes, because you will, you will make mistakes, just don't be afraid to do that. And then the other point is that uh, in order to distinguish and discern between that true voice of spirit, that true divine voice, and other voices in your mind, I do have a 10-test system for that, which I teach in a couple of my books. In this book, which is Divine Revelations, and also in this book, Awaken Your Divine Intuition, these two books will help you to uh, learn how to become more intuitive, learn how to listen to that inner voice and how to test whether the message is the real thing. I have a 10 test system that you can learn in these books because you, you might be receiving your message from one of four places. The spiritual world, the mental world, the astral world, or the environmental world. Those are the four basic places where we receive messages. So you want to be getting your intuitive messages from the highest plane, from the spiritual world.
0: Why the spiritual world versus the other worlds?
4: Because the other worlds are erroneous, false, and unreal. (laughs)
0: And it takes time, right? You've learned so much in your
4: yeah, experience time. and
0: meditation and things like that. But you say instantly, you can feel better by doing these guided meditations because of then your mindset and then you can get move on, right? A lot of times what's keeping people from, you know, believing in the law of attraction, believing that, you know, you can have what you want is the missing component is the doubt right and if you you need to constantly reaffirm yourself with affirmations different things to get yourself back in because those three other messages that come through are the messages will mess you off of that incline going up that incline plane right
4: yes so uh, prosperity meditations if you uh, speak one of the affirmations from the book that will give you an instant result you'll immediately have a more positive mindset more positive attitude and like I said in the beginning, uh, attitude is everything. Your intention is everything. Buddha tells us, Jesus tells us over and over, and so many of the ancient scriptures you know, are saying the same thing. The Upanishads, all the scriptures of all religions are telling us the same thing, that we are creating our own destiny, our own reality through every thought, every word, and every deed. So if you go around saying oh, I'm so unhappy, I'm so poor, I'm so overweight, oh, I'm so weak. If you say that, just feel the vibration of those words that I just spoke. And now feel the vibration of these words. I am filled with light, I am healthy, I am strong, I am powerful, I am wealthy, I am happy, I am whole, I am filled with light, I am filled with love, I am filled with truth. Now just feel the vibration of those words which vibration do you want to live in be very careful about what comes out of your mouth jesus said we're not defiled i'm going to repeat this jesus said we're not defiled by what we put into our mouth we are defiled by what comes out of our mouth
0: and that's so important to to look at in the amount of day that you speak speak to people around you you know meditate have thoughts that go through your brain throughout the day make sure that those are positive thoughts, pa- positive affirmations. If they're not, you need to slow down and and recon- reconnoiter, right? Get back into where you want to be, figure out that spot. And then with your book now, go and find some of those affirmations, put them up on a, you know, in your mirror or someplace or on your laptop and say, okay, now let me get back to the sense. Let me get where I need to go where there's peace again. And it's, it's very interesting. I think that, Dr. Susan, if they understood, again, your history, reading some of your other books, your experiences of how you learned meditation, and the challenges you went through in your life to figure this out, you are a perfect path as a, uh, as a leader and a guide to guide people the right way when it comes to meditation. Isn't that correct? From the experience?
4: I've had, I've had a lot of experience with meditation, yes. <laughs>
0: and life right For a and long life. time <laughs> <And> life, yes <laughs> especially reading all your read all her books and you'll find that out uh, when you're talking about recording that are you to read the guided meditations then record it like in some voice something and then go back and listen to them is that what you're yeah. saying you're, oh, that's Yeah, that's recorded one. recorded
4: onto a device your computer or whatever and then uh After you've recorded it, then you sit comfortably in a chair and get really cushy, lots of pillows, you know, get into a comfortable place, comfortable temperature, comfortable place where you won't be disturbed and then start the playback and then close your eyes and just follow along, just follow the instructions. It's that simple.
0: When do you know that you're really not happy? Isn't this a really good question? Because we always are setting ourselves in goals. We can make ourselves feel like we're happy. How can you tell if you're happy or not happy? Uh,
4: That's an interesting question that no one has ever asked me. How can you tell when you're not happy? Well, I suppose you just don't feel good. (laughs) When you're happy, you're feeling more centered. You're feeling uh, you have a can-do attitude. You're feeling uh, joyous. You're feeling positive. Uh, You... You're not down in the dumps. So yeah, there's, you can tell the difference as to whether you're happy or you're unhappy. I think I, it's pretty obvious. It's it,
0: sometimes it isn't really obvious because trust me, and a lot of people, they, they go about their lives and they say, I'm happy. And they're really not truthfully happy. So these are good things to, to look at. And this is just mm-hmm. me looking at it from my life and my experiences and everything. And now saying, my gosh, there's a blueprint. There's a true blueprint. Like I was doing a lot of guided meditations uh, last year in 2021. And, and now in 2022, I haven't. And it was a certain time period where, hey, it was really tough. And I just definitely turned to those because I needed that extra oomph. I don't need it now, but I'm saying, oops, I need to. And that's <laughs> because guess what? When I remembered, oh my gosh, you know, it's just, it's just a Tough situation, bad situation. I turn that on and my, my mind completely changes. Right. Then I have the next, hey, I know what the next thing to do is. And the more I immerse myself into those things. So, what do you recommend for meditation per day for, uh, I guess, a novice? How much time a day?
4: I think it should be very individual. Some people like to spend five minutes, some people like to spend half an hour. It's really up to you, what you what, how you can fit it into your day, whether you wanna make it into a routine, whether you wanna do it whenever you feel like it. You know, I think it's, uh, people should just do, go with the flow, go with what is right for them, because I don't think there's a prescription for every individual, for all individuals. I think it's very individual
0: and then there's the, and then during the day that are affirmations or mantras